0: In meinem Podcast bekommst du sehr persönliche Geschichten von Mehrsprachigkeit aus der ganzen Welt zu hören. Lehn dich zurück und lass dich inspirieren. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Multilingual Stories. I feel like every time I introduce a guest, I say like this is a very special guest, but it's really true today, because. This woman um, changed my life considerably, years ago already. Um, She was my first coach, really. She works in a private practice as a coach, and she is also an in-house coach to a quite famous um, coach. So here we go. Anya, welcome to Multilingual Stories. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here
0: amazing we haven't talked in a really long time so um all our listeners get to listen in on a on a conversation between I like to say in the end we also became friends I was yes. at your wedding in exactly Poland. yes
1: exactly but I think we've seen each other
0: once since then <laughs> yes Probably something like that if even. (laughs) So you all get to listen in on a conversation between friends and I'm sure that Anya is gonna tell me stuff about her life that I haven't heard before so I'm really curious. Anya tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I people who know the name Anya know that it's uh well actually it's quite a common name in uh in Europe overall but not in the UK where I was born and raised so I was the only Anya I knew um my heritage is Polish my both of my parents uh come from Poland uh and Polish was my first language at home um my parents you could say um escaped communist Poland to you know seek freedom uh in the UK and um, and then I was raised. So I was raised in London, in uh, on the, the sort of periphery of a Polish community because there are quite large Polish communities in London, um, really well established ones. And um, yeah, the uh, the irony is that we we were it, they're all connected to churches because. Polish Poland is a very Catholic country. And um so my parents and my mum in particular did her very best to try and help me to be part of that community and my brother. Uh and we went to Polish schools on Saturday, Polish school on Saturday, I think it was from nine in the morning till uh one o'clock. And wow. Yeah, and That's that was
0: considerable.
1: Yeah, it was it was quite intense. Uh and to, the, the subjects covered were language but also we did um Polish history and uh a Polish literature and geography um and um and then that led to me doing my uh, uh, uh what we call GCSEs in the U- did call GCSEs in the UK i don't even know whether those qualifications still <laughs> exist um and uh, and then it could lead to a level wow uh, so, um, yeah. So the irony was that we were quite not quite in this community because both of my parents were atheists. Mm-hmm. So even <laughs> though she tried to take me to church, um, it, there was there was an incongruency there. Um, and um, but but it was a big part of our life. And all of my mum's friends um, were Polish, you know. So we, I was very much in a Polish bubble. Um, which was close to a bigger Polish bubble going to English schools. um, The first few schools that I went to were Catholic schools on account of the perception that they're better, they were better. It was, they had better education uh, not at all on religious grounds, but because we were Polish, it was sort of easy to, uh, to justify. Um, And uh, and I was the only Polish person then in uh, in the schools. I didn't know any other Polish people. It was before the, the opening of the European Union. So, um, and and like I said, we weren't quite in the in the right area of London. We were on the periphery of it. So, um, so I did always feel like I was a bit different to everybody else. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. You went to Polish Saturday school for how long? Like at which age did you stop?
1: I think I I started around seven, which is standard age in Poland to go to school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I was a little bit of a misfit. So I didn't really fully enjoy going to school, but for some reason in my, uh, to the Polish school, but I always had this mentality of, if I don't do this, I'll regret it later. like uh, I don't know how I yeah. have that yeah. or at a young age. like I need to do this because I need to be able to speak Polish, I need to be able to understand a bit of the culture and stuff. Um, I, I, I did swap schools because um, there are several school Polish schools in London. I swapped schools at one point. I did I did the GCSE which is the exam that you do when you're 16 in, uh, in England. Um, and then I started doing the A level, which was when the really sort of intense middle age literature was happening. But I was only, I think, thirteen or fourteen at the time, so I was just too young to really understand it. Um, and um, and then I think in the end, I, I I did I was in the class for three years, and then I and then I gave up because I had my own like
0: English school stuff to deal with. So I do know a little bit about you. Yeah. So the background of the question is what about your Polish today? Yeah, so that's really interesting. So I left
1: home when I was 18, like all of my peers did. We went, we all went off to university. I, I went to study uh in the north of, of the UK. And um and so my Polish was basically near native at that point when I went exactly. to university. Um I, if I was in Poland, nobody would know that I wasn't Polish. Um, and then I went to university and then the only Polish I had was actually with my mum over the phone when I remembered to call her every two weeks. <laughs> okay. and, and my mum and I are pretty close, but, but I was just busy <laughs> in my own life. And so... 18, I mean. Exactly. I was yeah that's stuff to do yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and then I was also um, learning other languages so I think one of the consequences of me being raised bilingual was that I always had an affinity for uh, um, other languages and at school uh, in particular I studied French and then Spanish uh, and and I, I was always perceived to be very good at it and so I ended up, going to study uh, Hispanic studies at university. And, uh, and that involved me studying uh, Spanish at a really deep level, but also Portuguese. Um, I didn't know that about yeah.
0: you.
1: you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I became very focused on those languages um as well and then I did a year abroad and, and literally it got to the point where I my brain was so full of Spanish that I couldn't think in Polish anymore um which was a very strange experience but I've had that several times when I've been really intensely immersed in a language and mm. struggling actually to to switch into um into a different language um so then yeah so actually then my polish got worse and i started to uh lose vocabulary but also not expand vocabulary so one of the things that i've noticed is that um i can easily talk about and this is me today um but this has sort of been cumulative over time that i can speak on a number of subjects in english very fluently um as an adult, because I read in English, and I have discussions in English. And then what has happened is that I haven't really expanded that vocabulary in Polish. And so certain subjects are not very accessible, or inaccessible, actually, for me right now. So I, I do travel to London, to Poland quite often, my mum is still based out there. Um, but <laughs> when I, if I have a conversation about anything outside of cooking <laughs> and children and the home, um it becomes uh it becomes a challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's completely normal what you're yeah. experiencing. You know, that's not unique in the sense that you know you have different languages that you're focused on and your life changed and you yeah. moved somewhere else. You I mean you live in the Netherlands now. We haven't yeah. mentioned that yet. So oh, yeah. you've moved in the meantime. And when your life changes, your languages change with your life, basically. If you were to move to Poland tomorrow, you know, within three months, you'd be, you know, up on top again. Yeah, well... Maybe not three months. It's a really difficult language, but... <laughs> no, but you, you have everything that you need to have. You have the the basics. Yeah. And everything else, as you said, you know, that's vocabulary and everything else will come back. And exactly. we all expand our vocabularies our entire lives. You know, mm-hmm. we do in every language, basically. You know, a year ago, nobody, you know, would be talking about vaccines the way we're talking about vaccines these days, you know? Yeah, all, so, all of Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it does always expand. So you have two children. Yes. Do they know any Polish? So
1: interesting story. So when my son was born, it was natural for me to first speak to him in Polish. Seriously? Yeah. So nice. That is the, the language that the kind of like in the netherlands they have this word you know like cozy kind of was like the most cute cozy language but but that changed really Mm. quickly as i sort of started feeling like i couldn't quite get the words out Mm. and i did switch to english um and my so do they speak polish was the question um my at a certain point um, I ended up hiring a, a Polish childminder mm-hmm. and she spoke to my daughter in Polish yes. and my po- my daughter has has some understanding of Polish now as a consequence of that. Well, I speak obviously to the childminder who happens to be a friend of mine as well uh, in Polish and, um, and the childminder – actually has an has a background she studied studied uh now I don't know what the word of this for this is in English pedagogy what's yeah. the word? Is, yeah. that, is that the word in English yeah, I've never heard it in other languages yeah, yeah. Um, and and so she 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 came in quite sort of with an understanding about mm-hmm. language accumulation and and so she my daughter actually does understand a bit and knows a few words my son knows a few words but he understands a lot less we did spend actually a, um the summer before covid so what's that two years ago <laughs> two
0: years ago already yes it's crazy
1: yeah we we spent six weeks in poland and we we put the kids into a polish montessori school um like a you know it was just activities it wasn't really school and um and they were there for i think two or three weeks and that also had a little bit of an impact on their language acquisition because they hear it from me when I speak to my mom. I've got some friends here in the Netherlands who are Polish. Um, They hear me speak it all the time. Um, So it's familiar to them. It's just that they um, they don't speak it. They don't speak it.
0: No. So your mom must be fluent in English, too. So she lived a very long time She lived in the UK.
1: She lived 40 years, around 40 wow. years before she re-immigrated
0: back to Poland, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So did the language used between the two of you ever change over the course of time? Did you always only speak Polish with each other? So the way that it works, because of the the, the,
1: the boundaries of my vocabulary, is that we always start in Polish, we talk in Polish until I hit a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hit a uh, I don't know how to say this in Polish and I want to have this conversation so then I switch to English. Mm-hmm. Um and um then yeah and then I and then we switch back as soon as and What
0: like, does she
1: do? She continues to speak to me in Polish and sometimes okay. you know she's my bless her she's so sweet my mum but she she uh, you've met her haven't you? Yeah. Um she um struggles to translate so she, when we're in English, speak when I'm speaking in English, she goes, mm-hmm, Yeah, yeah, I understand. Now, so, how do you say that in Polish? She goes, I don't
0: know. <laughs> 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 That's really funny. So, how do you feel about your children not fully understanding and/or speaking Polish?
1: So, it's interesting, it's a really interesting question because I a little bit, it's, it's a little bit sad for me, honestly, because I do feel, um, a great part of my soul is Polish and my genetics is fully Polish, uh, are, genetics are, grammar, um, but, um, but actually, you know, it's also my, my doing, I think I made a choice because we live in the Netherlands that, um, and my my language of communication with my husband is English as well um, that it would be easier for me to stick to polish and I, in my head I found it difficult to be able to switch
0: mm, between to English the two
1: mm. yeah if I was to speak to them in English mm. which is obviously a world language um a prevalent world language um if I was to speak to them in english i i found it really difficult to switch into Polish as well. Although when my daughter was um, with my daughter, when she was singing songs in Polish from the childminder, then I would join in and then I would try and engage with her a little bit in Polish. But again, she's not used to it. It's, mm. you know, so it, it's, it's never really taken off. And I also feel like my life is so full. It hasn't been a focus point. And I feel like they're already bilingual.
0: Um, they speak Dutch, obviously. Yeah, so exactly. your husband's Dutch. We should exactly. mention yeah. exactly. and, and we will definitely
1: continue visiting Poland and when the borders open and it becomes easier again. Um, and I'm open to what may happen in the future. We have discussed potentially moving to Poland one day. Uh, my husband actually tried to learn Polish. <laughs>
0: Wow. So that is amazing. And that's such an important example for the children. Yeah, That is such a great role model for the children because it, it gives the language a completely different value. When you see, you know, it's not just your mom, but your dad's interested in it, too. That's amazing.
1: And they're very, very close to my mom. Um, so uh, and they are aware I mean, she speaks excellent English, and she always speaks to them in English. But they to them in English. I know. I mean, you I need can... to have a word. I mean, she has the same st- same thing as me. Like because she just wants to be able to communicate. Like she doesn't want to kind of the lack the the lack of common language to mm-hmm. get in in, way.
0: Mm-hmm. in
1: the way of the co- the connection. Um, and, and and I think that that's always been my biggest challenge as well. Um, even with learning Dutch, which is also another interesting subject, because I I mean, I, I have at one point been fluent in seven, la- six languages and um, Dutch would be my seventh. And I came here thinking, oh, I'm going to learn this within a year. But the because I want to communicate and because literally everybody here has at least a very basic level of English, um, there was... I would always favor connection over the language. Over the language. Uh, and um, and especially at the beginning when I, I felt quite lonely here and I didn't know many people, I, you know, for me it was more important to connect than it, than to learn the language. And I feel actually quite embarrassed that I don't speak Dutch. I understand a lot of it, but I don't speak Dutch. Um, uh, but, it, it, you know, I always favor connection over over language
0: so there's two things i need i need to ask about now well one i need to comment on and one i need to ask about you said six languages we've only heard about polish um english spanish and portuguese and french and uh italian and french and italian oh because you did roman studies and then you went for all of them
1: studies well uh so i i I, I qualified as a teacher um, after university, and I did, I and because of the nature of the languages, language education in the UK, um, Spanish was always a minor language, so you had to be able to provide both French and Spanish together, um, and so in order to be able to teach Spanish, I had to be able to teach French. I did French A-level, which is the exam you take when you're 18 before university, um, and Um, And so I qualified um, and I then I did a, I did a six week course in the South of France and Avignon was absolutely gorgeous. Um, (laughs) Get my, um, get my language up, my French. Um, And, and I was at that point speaking fluently, which I lost very quickly. (laughs) Um,
0: Well that's amazing. That is amazing. And the other thing is, Yes. Connection above everything else. Yeah. I mean, that's also what I tell the parents I work with all the time, you know, connection comes first. Um, but there is ways to to have both. You know, you can eat this cake and have it too.
1: Well, I am open to all of your suggestions. <laughs> we need to talk. We
0: urgently need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you mentioned something that's I mean, you know, anybody who follows my work knows this about me already because I keep reiterating it all the time. Language is not just a means of communication. It's part of your identity and part of your culture. And yeah. you are very clear about that. And, you know, to some people I tell that and they're like, wow, I never thought about it like that. But you already put it like that. Like you already have this awareness that This that this Polish part of you, because actually you are polish <laughs> it's such a big deal for you and it's such a big part of you but somehow you're not passing that on to your children but the crucial point is part of your children is polish too
1: yeah yeah it's true i always i always joke with them and i say that they're half half dutch and half english and half polish <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did they get the joke yet <laughs> no <laughs>
1: Too.
0: it is
1: true yeah. yeah 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 it's it's it is it is it is true and and so i what i've done is i try to create kind of environments where they can yeah. be exposed to polish like with the child minder or spending so much time in poland um making friends with polish families um and i always um i always gravitate to them because somehow that feels like you know touches my soul and some. Yes some level um we always have polish cleaners i know that's not the best example but uh, we had an amazing once one once who was so so sweet with them that like as soon as she would come in the kids i would not exist and they would like go to her and she would be carrying them around while she was cleaning cool. she was amazing yeah
0: so on a on a let's say weekly basis how much polish do they hear like, how often do they see the childminder?
1: So it's three days a week oh, wow. uh, after school. So my daughter, she's four. She's just started school this, I think, February when the school's reopened. Um, and now she goes there after school unless there's some kind of play date or, or something else organized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she spent three whole days a week with her for... Okay. about a year
0: then my suspicion is the following your children understand much more polish than you think they do
1: I think my daughter does actually but my, my son was only there after school for two and a half hours or something like that so he got a lot less of that oh I see okay. but with her with her I definitely feel like she she does understand Quite a bit, so I can say basic things to her in Polish, like "Put your coat on," "Come over here," um, you know. Do, do you want to eat this? Do you like this? She, that, that kind of stuff she does understand. Yeah. Does but it, I, can... talking to you right now, I realize. Oh, yeah, she does understand. That.
0: I could. I'm sure she understands a lot more than you than you're aware of right now, consciously. Um, next question would be: How does she answer the childminder in English? Oh, she does answer in English.
1: In English. Although there have been times where she has... The, so the thing with my daughter is that she was... she Her first language is English. Then she was a, exposed to Polish and Dutch, but she didn't really understand either one of them. Then we sent her to... It's called Poter here, the A group in the... Which was like two mornings a week, and she was exposed to a lot more Dutch there. She found it really intense. You could see that it really like intensely affected her. Um, and then at the childminders, but that's you know, when she was there, it was all in Dutch. And when she goes to the childminder, what the childminder does is she speaks to her in both English and Polish. So she what she'll she'll repeat, she'll say it first in Polish and then she repeats it in English. Don't do that. No, don't do that. That's how she did it. And mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, the, the, the thing is that um, she then started school mm-hmm. and it was all Dutch and her, like, she's right now, her brain, like, she's enjoying school and she comes home and she's, like, disintegrating. <laughs> she's so mm-hmm. tired and really sort of struggling with the tiredness, actually. So um, that's been a really interesting thing to observe about her that um, it's actually really affecting her like and it's obviously it's the language and it's also the new structure and the new environment and she's very bright and she picks up things really really quickly um and she's exhausted
0: <laughs> Of course, she is and that's completely normal too you know and the thing is whichever language system you set up and you've done a lot for Polish already, like what you're doing, you know, that's great what you've been doing, the like going to Poland and the Polish childminder and all that, that's amazing. The thing is, you need to have a system that's flexible enough that you can adjust it to whatever your needs are and needs change. You know, children grow up and the older they get, the different they have different needs and you as a family have different needs. And then you need to be able to adjust that. So, you know, but you've been doing a great job already. And I'm sure that she understands more than you think. So if you if you were to test that and push that a little further, and if you were to tweak here and there, um, you would see progress rather quickly. But yes, you do have to keep in mind and pay attention to everything else that she's doing and, you know, not sort of make it too much. Because if, if she then starts to reject the language... That's exactly what you don't want. You wanted to embrace it and to have fun with it and love it. So, yeah, amazing. That's yeah. interesting. And so, your husband speaks Dutch to them, I suppose.
1: He tries to speak Dutch to them. He
0: tries to speak Dutch? Yeah. He, what, he, he also to has
1: problems switching between languages. <laughs> Yeah. And it, he, more and more, and I remind him also, you know, speak to them in Dutch. And um, when we read books, he will read the books in Dutch and I'll read the books in English. Most of the, yeah, I don't read the books in Dutch. That doesn't really make any sense, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <that laughs> but sometimes mean. he does read them in English, but like I, you know, w- we try to at least do that.
0: Yeah. So, Really, your children have a quite global upbringing. Yeah. Do you think that there is a benefit, not just for them in the sense of the perspectives in the future, but do you see a connection to like the broader questions of our time? Do you see that they have a benefit going into the world with all these cultures and languages that goes beyond them just you know, being able to take jobs that other people might not be able to get?
1: I definitely believe that. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, I'm just processing lots of things at the same time, right? Because when I was growing up, I always felt like I was way more open minded than mm. any of my peers, because I just experienced different things. And, um, my, you know, when I was when I was young, and I would visit Poland every single year, Poland was still in communism, you know, and I, had, I saw what it was like where people were so close and had nothing and there was nothing on the shelves and the numbers on the shelves were like, you know, six, ten digits long, you know. And so I, I think I, I've always been more open-minded as a consequence of, of being brought up in two cultures. And, and I'm sure that for them it will be the same. Um, and what's nice for them here is that, My friends, the people, the families that we're closest to are all also international families where they come from different countries, you know, France, England, Sri Lanka, India, Philippines, you know. So so they have a much broader perspective than even the kids that they go to school with.
0: Yes. I think that the really amazing thing about this is, and, and you actually, you even used the word that I like to use, being more open-minded. I think that what your children or our children bring into the world is actually a contribution to world peace. Yeah. And that's a really big word and a really big concept. But, you know, deep down, I'm so convinced that this is why we have an obligation not just, you know, I should do that or, yeah, it would be good for the kids. But, no, we have an obligation to give our kids all the cultures that we have and to show them and and to live with them all this enrichment and, you know, the, the positive aspect of it. Yeah. That there's too much fear out there. There's too much fear of the unknown. And that's what it boils down to. For me, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. Racism is fear of the unknown. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I 100% agree. And I have to mention my friend
0: here. This is
1: like going completely off topic, but totally on topic. I have a friend here who I admire so much. Her husband is black. He's French, and she's as white as you can get. And they have mixed race children. And um she was really bothered by the fact that the books that she was reading her ki- her kids were really just very monocultural and so she set up a business with a, a a black friend of hers which uh like a it's a a book box where you where, where the books that the books are all curated and they have uh you know it's all about diversity and inclusion so you have all sorts of different families in the represented in these books and my kids absolutely love them and they you know, we have really interesting discussions like there's a family with two dads or two moms or there's a disabled kid and they're different. You know, everyone's different colors. And, and it, it's just, I mean, such a beautiful concept and an enriching. And for me, even I feel like mm-hmm. I, I find it really interesting and I'm learning so much as well. It's just, you know, I, amazing. do stuff like that, just, yeah. you know, inspire me so much. And that is amazing. Oh, well, so,
0: I have to ask about that now, because I'm sure there are going to be people listening who will want to know about that. So that is in the Netherlands and you you swap physical books so what she does is she has a book
1: subscription so you 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 buy into the subscription and every month she provides a book and some extra resources with the book and she curates all of the books so she reads through hundreds of books probably checking making sure that the story um this that they're excellently written first of all it's got to be good literature right excellently written you know that the the way that it's presented like so like there, there's like a book about a little black girl who um wants to clean up the beaches in some uh, uh tropical island where her family's from you know because it's killing nature you know so that it goes cross crosses different topics as well uh so you subscribe to the books to to, to her service and you receive a book which is curated by by her the team there uh, it's called Books by Annie, A-N-I,
0: A-N-I. And it's in the Netherlands. She does it in the Netherlands. In the, Netherlands. the books are in English and they're also in Dutch. Okay. Yeah. Right, we have to link that in the show notes. We have yeah. to
1: link Annie yeah. in the show notes. She's she, like, it's such an amazing thing they're doing. And and they're doing it really for to change the world for all of the right reasons.
0: That's amazing. I have to meet Annie and we have to link her in the show notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so my friend is called Lindsay and her friend that she's doing it with is called Anne. I think they link the names together. Oh,
0: okay. All right. I have to meet them. Yes. And I will. Well the show with show notes. For sure, yes. for sure. Please
1: it's please
0: such that. a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's amazing. Anya, that's, I think, the perfect conclusion to this um, episode. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me and with our listeners. You're welcome. Uh, you and we'll have to talk soon (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we will
1: it will be good I can't I need to get I need to get a big book out yes you do
0: (laughs) thank you so much bye